Have you seen the news lately? I have one word for you. Wisconsin. What is going on? And are we ready for the return of Christ? Because I don't know about you, but it sure looks like he's coming back soon. We're going to get into all of this. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Yeah, I said it. Wisconsin. You said it. Now that we started the show, we're not even going to talk about that. It just gets people in right. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> but man, I know we say this a lot, but the world is going. Been, have you looked out your picture window lately? It's like, bro, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. And the old timers, you know, I'm not an old timer yet. Easy. You know, they say wars, rumors of wars. You got to think that God's coming back. Sure do. You know, another indicator of that is men's hearts failing them for fear. Yeah. Boy, that's a palpable thing. You can you can walk up to people who have, that, that, that by reason of just knowing them in your community, mm -hmm. they're financially secure, mm. they've made wise decisions, and you can see that terror in their eyes. Yeah. Bro, insane. Yeah, signs of the time. So do you think do you think God's coming back soon? How much time we have left? I'm not sure we can finish this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because if the world is burning and it's already on fire, because it is, uh, and if we don't have much time left, then what do we do? We go into our bunkers now? Is this the last podcast and we're shutting things down and we're going into the bunker? You know, that I think that's the... That's the conundrum mm -hmm. that the church finds itself in mm -hmm. and has found itself in mm -hmm. for years. How can you believe, teach, preach mm -hmm. the imminency of the return of Jesus Christ, which for the record's sake, I do believe in? Yeah, absolutely right. A futuristic return of Jesus Christ. So, and so I believe it could happen. So this isn't heaven. <sighs> I hate to break it to you. I'm disappointed. If yeah, it is. yeah, me too. I've made the statement for those that 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 posture mm -hmm. that that you know your preterist views or mm -hmm. that this is you know this this is heaven. Man, if Satan is bound, woo! I'd sure hate to see him get off that <laughs> leash. Because, buddy, there's more hell on earth right now than heaven on earth. Insanity. <clears throat> Sanity. I think it's important that the church learns mm -hmm. how to balance the imminency of the return of Christ mm -hmm. with casting vision for the future. Yeah. Yeah. Do I cash everything out? Yeah. And go on a shopping spree? Go buy it. Go enjoy it. Eat, drink, be merry. Like get the bucket list done because, yeah. Right? Yeah, but that's not new to our generation. That, that was that was that was part of the uh, uninformed, could I say, response of the first generation church. Really, when when Jesus said, "You know, I'm 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 leaving, but I'm coming back," mm -hmm. and and don't worry about it. You know, be of good 
be of good cheer, fear not. Yep. I'm coming back. That first generation church went, and that message affected their lifestyle to the point. Man, yeah, sure. That did. their response was sell the farm, sell the house, and they had all things common. That that's that's great, mm-hmm. honorable, mm-hmm. and and as an interesting side note, it worked out to their advantage within a relatively short period of time because Rome came and just decimated all property yeah. in Jerusalem. So, it's hey, nice. turned out in their favor. God worked it out in their favor anyway. But the reality is, is that that overzealous response to the return of Christ yeah. caused them to adapt a lifestyle that was not sustainable. Jesus is coming back. Eventually, you you need a place to sleep. But you do need to live somewhere. Think of all the hotel points you would have if you just... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you're going to run out of money eventually. For those that live, those in our Kingdom Speak audience that live anywhere besides that Caribbean climate, Mm. um, you appreciate a roof over your head insulated walls. So how, you know, the, the question that arises out of this, and, and this is affecting us personally, we're in the middle of, of a building fund campaign and we're making plans and we're meeting with architects and engineers and we're just going at it. The question that arises out of this is if Jesus is coming back and if all that is going on are signs of the times, and mm. they are, mm-hmm. then why are you doing this? Why are you investing? Why why not, as you have already said, just 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 recede into this little bunker mm-hmm. and hold on till Jesus comes? Mm-hmm. How do you balance his imminent return with casting vision? And, and that, that's that's what I think we need to talk about. And I think the church needs an understanding of that in this time. Yeah, because we have already used the word a few times, but we do believe in the imminent return. So that's, you know, before the podcast is over, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? And we got to live like that. We do. We do. We have to live like he's coming back today, mm. but we got to plan Yep. We got a plan and cast vision like it might be another hundred years and to keep those things from, to, to keep cross-contamination from happening mm. is a big deal. So I'm glad the bishop decided to invest in this place or else, you well, know. For sure. Right. For sure. In fact, if you roll back, I mean, one of the things that continually uh, from from that demographic within our congregation that still remembers the founding pastor, mm-hmm. Brother Rolston, he preached the imminent return of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But thank God he went ahead and built a church <laughs> while he preached it. Or we'd still be in a building with a pot belly stove in the middle mm-hmm. and, 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 and holding on, hold the fort for I am coming. If you go too far on that side of the spectrum of the imminent return, then the message 
seems to be a little one-dimensional. If all you talk about is the imminent return, you lose out on the stewardship side of, of being a Christian, the planning, the investing in the kingdom. Yeah. That is essential. Yeah, absolutely. Or if you go too far the other way into the kingdom, then God's never coming back. Yeah, well, if you continually live for the moment, yeah. take no thought for future generations. Yeah. And and there there has to be, that is, that's as much our calling as to believe in the imminent return of Jesus Christ. So I don't want anything that's being said here mm-hmm. to overshadow the fact that I believe he can come back, mm-hmm. and I believe he is going to. I believe this is the generation mm-hmm. upon whom the ends of the world has come. How much longer? You've got to ask yourself this. This is where I wish we could hear our audience, man. We need our church music and a few amens. But yeah, here, I got an amen for you. Have you got an amen? Oh, come on. Maybe. <laughs> There it is. There it is. <laughs> I got an amen and That's hallelujah. Great. Is there any way you could pipe that in for Sunday morning? <laughs> uh, we're just going to play that on a loop before you get up and get everybody, you know. In the mood. Get the pump primed. Come on. Yeah. We. Th- this is the generation. Have How, we ever seen it like this? What else can go wrong? What other boxes need to be checked off i mean we're wisconsin there. like we're there the list is so long now you can't portland even... seattle chicago oh, my word you can't keep up with it you can't keep up with it so somewhere we've got to look at the word of god and find an example what was there somebody else out there mm-hmm. that was in the world but not of the world all right, they were they were in one kingdom, but they were of another kingdom, because that's what the church is. That's right. We are citizens of a heavenly kingdom, so we are in, but not of. And how how do we keep that? And to manage the tension of between those two realities. The stakes are so high. They are. They are. So this is where I think we need to go. Let's go. Esther chapter four. Esther chapter 4, everyone. Esther chapter 4. Verse 12. You got it. Man, you must have my notes. Hey, it's the perks. Okay. And I sell them on eBay when we're done. That's how it works. (laughs) That's how we buy these cameras. (laughs) (laughs) And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther. Okay, so here's the deal. The setting for this is Mordecai has let Esther, who is a Jew, know, hey, there's problems outside the palace. Yeah. Okay? And so you need to do something about it. You need to go talk to the king. And Esther says, bad idea. Mm -hmm. If you just randomly go in to talk to the king, Mm -hmm. he has an opinion about that. And if he doesn't extend his scepter, you become the ex-queen. So she was a little on the bunker side. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't blame her. <laughs> no, exactly. I don't blame her. Okay. So. So he said to Esther, think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. Mm. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise 
to Jews from another place. From another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You're not from this kingdom. That's right. But you're here. You have come to this kingdom. Right. For such a time as this. That's a, that's, that's a key understanding that you cannot confuse or else you stray over into this, and we'll probably refer to this a bit, this dominion theology mm -hmm. error mm -hmm. that because you're in that kingdom, you're of that kingdom. The delineation must be clear. I can be in a kingdom and I can influence a kingdom and I can have impact in a kingdom that I'm not of. Mm -hmm. I have come to it mm -hmm. to impact it, but I am not of it. And Mordecai is ringing the bell in, in Esther's moral compass, if you mm -hmm. will, saying, girl, don't you ever forget, you're not a Persian. You are a Jew. You are in but not of. So the setting of this, we got to look at to fully understand the significance of what was just said. Mm -hmm. Okay? So Israel is taken captive mm -hmm. by Nebuchadnezzar. All of these people, Mordecai, they, they, they are of the opinion that Mordecai was a young man mm -hmm. when Nebuchadnezzar brought them okay. from Israel, from the promised land, to Babylon. Nobody right. really knows of a shorty how Mordecai even got from Babylon to Persia. Mm -hmm. But he ends up in Persia. Somehow, okay? yeah. Somehow he yeah. gets there. Esther's daddy dies. Esther's mama dies. And she's now being raised by her uncle Mordecai. Mordecai, they figure, was in the range of 48 to 58 years of age. You call that young? <laughs> We, may, his mic. we hey, may have to end hey, the show right now. Hey. <laughs> hey. Producer Randy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's rerun this. Cut that last <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah. Mordecai was 48 to 58 years of age. That's a really Quiet. Good, that's a really good point, Pastor. Yes. <laughs> Where's your hallelujah hallelujah <laughs> chorus now? Do you want to get another one? Yeah, I want another one. Of course I do. Amen. There it is. There we go. These guys are enjoying this. 48 to 58 years of age, when Esther becomes the queen. Mm -hmm. He comes out as a young man. He is taken captive, and he's brought into another kingdom. Who knows, but you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So we got to first of all look at how did Esther get in the palace anyway? Hmm. She is brought into the palace because Vashti, the queen before her, did not go into the king's presence when she was bidden. Mm -hmm. An interesting thing here is that, you know, this, this feast that was being thrown by King Ahasuerus, mm -hmm. 180 days. Wow. It's the longest feast on record in Bible. It's quite a bash. There is no way, bro, that Vashti was caught off guard with this request. 
So this wasn't like, oh, well, I was going to go out for supper tonight. Well, yeah, I had my own little gig going. I didn't know you were doing this little yeah, backyard my, picnic bash. My Uber's here in 15 minutes. Yeah. Sorry, can I come tomorrow? <laughs> she had 180 days notice that this was coming. And then they ramp it up with a seven-day feast where it's all out. And this is leading up. This lets you know what he thinks of Vashti. Like she, she, she was, she was a good looking girl. Evidently he wanted to show her off. Mm -hmm. He, he says to her, come on in. And he sends the nobles and they go and they get her or they go to get her. And she is all of a sudden too busy mm -hmm. or she just doesn't want to come. And so it is at that moment that the wise men look at him and say, uh, oh, king, this is, this is a problem. <laughs> and the ramifications of this could be pretty severe. Um, I, I think they were worried about feeling the consequences of it in their own house because this is what they tell him. If we don't deal with this harshly, mm. then every house within the kingdom, there's a trickle-down effect because you reflect the attitudes of the throne that you sit under. Wow. Yeah. That's so good, man. The alignment of that kingdom means that whatever's happening in the throne room trickles mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. And so they, they knew that if she didn't go before the king when requested, then this would affect every relationship in every household. Spinoff, say throughout the wow. kingdom. Hmm. This is a good time right now to just throw this out. Mm -hmm. As spiritual leaders, as men of God, as preachers, we can't just preach a message we don't live. Mm -hmm. There's a trickle down. You reflect the attitude of the throne that you're sitting under. And they looked at him and said, something has to happen. We can't let her get off with this. Wow. They banish her. There's discussion on what that, what extent the banishment was. But that is how this whole thing was set up for Esther to become eligible. It was all built on this premise that when the queen did not come mm -hmm. into the presence of the king, when the king bid her, that opened up the opportunity for Esther to get in. There was a space that was opened up. Mm -hmm. Now get this, for a captive Jewish girl mm -hmm. to serve in a position in a Persian palace. What an opportunity. It is an opportunity. Mm. Your dominion theologists would say we're setting up the kingdom here because they failed to understand she was brought to it. She was brought to that to the kingdom, kingdom mm -hmm. to impact that kingdom and to save her people. Mordecai had such the proper perspective, didn't he? He knew who he was. He was in Persia. And if you're saying he was there for years... He was. What a, wow, it's, 
He never questioned his identity. Never. And this is what, this is what, uh, what you have to, you have to enter this into the equation of what brought the plot all around with Haman. Yeah. The reason that Haman got so mad at Esther's people was because Mordecai refused to compromise who he was because of where he was. Boy, that drove him nuts, didn't it? It did. So Haman is elevated to to a position of honor. Mordecai is sitting in the gate of the city, and every time Haman goes goes by, (laughs) everybody else in the kingdom bows. They hit the dirt. Not Mordecai. But yet some people will say you can't get to position without sacrificing your identity. Compromising your morals. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Evidently not. Mordecai proved this point. Mm-hmm. So this is what was going on. It had to be going off in Mordecai's mind because this was his response. Now listen, the king decreed everybody bow to Haman. And Mordecai stood like a wooden soldier. That's right. And it infuriated Haman to the point that all of the servants that were gathered around Mordecai said, in their Hebrew vernacular, dude, what's with the not bowing? Don't you know it's the law? Yeah, whatever. And Mordecai goes, but I'm not of this kingdom. That's right. So again, perfectly balancing, not compromising who he is with where he is. It is part of my identity to not bow to a man. Mm -hmm. The Jewish belief was we never bow to a man. And Haman, it just continued to rub him raw. You know, you, you see the progression of it. It left for a hatred. Wow. It left just the realm of a hate, the hatred of a man to his entire nation, his people. And he begins crafting a plot. He made it about the kingdom at that point. He did. Because he hated Mordecai's kingdom. Right? Here's an interesting thing. Haman's an Agagite. Yeah, what about his kingdom? What about his ancestry? When you run could have got rid of that <laughs> up the family tree, the, the Jewish nation, because of the disobedience of Saul, had an opportunity to exterminate the Amalekites under Agag the king. But guess who Saul saved when he was told not to? The Agagite. Yeah, one skunk. One. You know, the reality is, is you never know where the downline of disobedience is going to most inconveniently emerge. Do you have have an idea of how many generations that was? I don't, man. That's a good question. Somebody find that out and comment it below. Yeah, let us know. One of you Bible freaks. The reality is, man, is that it was a few generations for sure. Oh, yeah, it had to be. It had to be. Okay. You never know how long it will take for that one disobedient act 
for the great, 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 great grandchild of that disobedience yep. to be the one that's now threatening the future of your entire race. And Haman doesn't conform and become somebody else. He's still an egg again. He stays loyal. <laughs> so you have the confrontation of two identities. Yeah, yeah. You have you have the showdown that Saul should have taken care of. You have you have the fallout mm-hmm. of what that showdown should have taken care of. And now you, you never you never get to shove the clutch on these confrontations. They will come back. You will write them again. And so now it's just in the form of Haman and Mordecai. Mm-hmm. And Mordecai will not bow. And there's no Esther without a Mordecai. Absolutely not. Right. If he folds and says, all right, I'm not going to not gonna fight that battle. I'm just going to, I mean, is it fair to say that this doesn't happen? This chapter four stuff? Okay, well, well, he... he Whatever conviction that he had, mm. whatever conviction that he had, you can see it on display. He's not compromising who he is. And his response to Esther, who has up until this point, on the directive of Mordecai, I said, right. camouflage your identity. That's right. Don't tell anybody you're a Jew. And the tightrope walk. Okay. Now he's appealing He's appealing, and I already used this word, but to her moral compass, saying, girl, before you were a queen, Mm -hmm. you were a Jew. And don't think that when your identity is revealed that you won't be, you won't succumb to the heinous plot of Haman. The throne room will not protect your identity. Wow. Wow. You'll fall just like everybody else falls. You'll die the same way that every other Jew dies. And, bro, he was playing her emotions like a pro. Mm -hmm. She's an orphan. And he makes a specific statement to her that you and your father's house Mm. will not escape. You think that got her attention? Wow. Wow. quite a statement to make to an orphan you and your father's house so in this chapter four you know when he finally decides to say okay we're going there this is your time he doesn't just talk and we've heard a lot it seems but this is why you listen to kingdom speak because we go you know, we go between the lines of Scripture. <laughs> Enlargement and deliverance. So it's not just about, oh, there's a bad plot out there and you're going to have to save us from death. We need to go off on this enlargement for a bit here. Enlargement and deliverance. You know, part of the trap of, of hermeneutics is to cherry pick mm-hmm. uh, principles. Everybody loves deliverance, but what about the enlargement? Well, do you think and the prioritization of it prior to deliverance? Yes, and because we have, you know, you mentioned 
kingdom theology. So do you think maybe we just, we don't want to read into that too much and we'll just go to talk about deliverance. Let's glaze over the fact that Mordecai is in a position mm-hmm. in that kingdom. Let's glaze over the fact that Esther is the queen mm-hmm. in that kingdom. Okay, these are all pertinent to this story mm-hmm. and to the plot. You've got an entire Jewish race that is captive in a kingdom that is not their own. And this is what I believe. God has strategically positioned and given space mm-hmm. to some key influencers in that kingdom. And yes, I believe that can happen in this day. He has given space to them to protect and promote the longevity of the people of God to help them through that captivity so that they can once again get back to the promised land. The objective, again, is not to make Persia the promised land. That's right. That's right. Yeah. This world is not my home. We're not changing the flag on the palace. Right. But (laughs) while we're here, I'm going to manage my space effectively. They're looking extinction in the face, and yet they're talking about enlargement, right? Enlargement. I'd be afraid at that point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's it's fair to say that Esther was. That is why the hesitation. And let's just pause it for a second to come back to today. You know, that's the trap of today. You get, you, you know, you get so immersed in what's going on and you're like oh sure. lord just you read that headline and you go to revelations and you say there it is come back and get me jesus you read that one you go there it is and there it is and there it is you can pretty well stitch your own your own um panoramic view yep. of of apocalyptic events and go this is it I think of, you know, you're standing on top of a burning building and here comes a helicopter to get you. And it's like, oh, just I get here, out. hurrying up, quick enough. <laughs> but yet, maybe we're too far on that side. Here's the takeaway. The church is going to thrive. Mm-hmm. Clear till the end. I despise and I think that the word of God is clear. We have to push back against bunker mentality getting a hold of the apostolic church mm-hmm. hold the fort for i am coming survival mode kicking in mm-hmm. and that is exactly what mordecai is pushing back against when he sends the message from the gate to the palace saying esther if you mess up on this enlargement and deliverance will come Mm. from another place. So the question is not whether we're going to survive. The question is whether you want to be willing to play the role in this process. So that word enlargement caught my attention. And when you look at that word, that is the only time that that specific word is used anywhere in Scripture. No way. And it means this. Space. Respite relief to be wide spacious here's a here's an important this 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 got my attention 
to breathe easily, <laughs> to be revived. He is literally saying to her, this plot is so thick that it is suffocating yeah. the life out of this race. And he says that enlargement is going to come. He's not just talking about numerically, although the, the undertones of that are there. He's not just talking acreage, although no, no, space is there. He said, in other words, at, as, as, this, as this closes in on you, yep. you're, it's not going to suffocate you. You are going to be able to breathe. There is going to be a reviving in this place. Yeah, so good. In this kingdom that you've been called to. So you see this. You see this word when you get to the root. The root word here is used in other places. For example, Saul. Mm -hmm. he, is, he is being tormented by evil spirits. He says, bring David in. I need, I need David to come in. And David plays an anointed man, grabs a harp, and begins to play and sing. And when he does, the Bible says that Saul was refreshed. There it is. That's the word. <sighs> it was literally like he went. <sighs> man, we need musicians like that, don't we? we got to have it. We need an anointing like that. Yeah. We need something that can, this is end time revival. Mm -hmm. This is it. This is God giving the church while it's still in a kingdom that it's not of, a space to breathe. We will not suffocate by the peril of this end time day, by the advancements of the kingdom of darkness and wickedness. <clears throat> Man, could we get off on, I can't breathe. Yeah. Wow. The church is going to be able to. The church can breathe. So if you're struggling to breathe, you need to get in the church. If, if the events of this day mm -hmm. are suffocating you, mm -hmm. you need to get in an apostolic church. It will revive you. It is a breath of fresh air. Man, am I the only one that, and I know we've said this a lot, it seems like the last couple months, but after you ingest so much of all of the stuff that's being said all the time, not just COVID-19, just the world in general, Yeah, it's like, man, I need a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Like, and we're oh. experiencing it in our church. That's the deal. You know it. You walk in and the, the dust. Mm-hmm. To, to tie into a previous episode on dusty kingdoms. That's right. The dust, it so clutters your mind. And man, the breath of the Holy Ghost begins to move mm -hmm. and anointed people begin to play and a space emerges. Now, here, here's the thing. We don't need just a church. We've, I, we've talked about this a lot. We've talked about the church being aware that there is that timing of the timing mm. of events. You've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We've understood the role of deliverance. Yeah. That we we need to be ready and prepared for deliverance. But this this enlargement thing is another level. Mm. We need church leaders 
men of God, spiritual leaders, churches that understand how to handle space. Yes, sir. Not just time. We've got to know how to handle space. If we're going to thrive in this end time, we can't miss opportunities. Well, that's the truth, man. When a space or a position, that is what a position is. It is literally, a, it, it's a space. When there's a space at the gate, we need a Mordecai there. Mm-hmm. And when there's a space in the queen's court, we need a queen there. Man, I read this week where, you know, where the <clears throat> apostles, I think it was 1 Corinthians, maybe 16, uh, where he talks about praying for an open door. Oh. An open door of utterance. Oh. A great door. Yeah. These guys were looking looking for openings. Paul. All of the apostles, but Paul. You see you you read this about him repeatedly. Paul goes from Corinth to Ephesus mm-hmm. for a space. Yeah. Just a space of time. Of three months. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Don't try to make it ten months. He understood timing, but for the space of three months. He invested in that area. Then it literally says, like two verses later, that he travels to the school of Tyrannius. We're gone. For the space of two years. And because he properly managed that space, all of Asia heard his words. Bro, if the church can manage spaces, we can impact the entirety of the world pardon the reference but this is exact the personal reference mm-hmm. this is exactly what we're doing here yeah right now right. that is what kingdom speak is i've not left the province since march let alone the country mm-hmm. i normally travel 10 to 15 times a year what did that do that made space exactly so what do we do with that space so what do we do with that space mm-hmm. this is a fatalistic attempt maybe it's not making a difference to anybody but this is an attempt to manage space well. Mm. It's an opening at the gate. It's an opening in a throne room. It's not dominion theology. It's not trying to pastor the world. It's managing space. We need young people. Mm. What are you going to do with your Friday nights? What are you going to do with your weekend? You're not married. You're going to play video games all weekend? Manage your space. I'm just going to surf. Really? The king, the king could have his eye on you. You could be a kingdom shaker, a kingdom mover. The Mm -hmm. entire church, not trying to overgrandize anything, but the entire Jewish race was hanging on what she did. Like there could be a song inside of an apostolic young person. You know there is. That could minister to the entire movement. You know there is. There could be a book in somebody that could impact the entire movement. There could be a blog. There could be a podcast. There could be, Mm -hmm. right? Well, you you even hear um, apostolics, we know that write songs, or I'm sure you with sermon prep, where you get that small burst of inspiration or direction. And it comes just in a quick little moment. Like it's that it's little a window. space, right? It's a window. You hear people say they voice memo, 
a lyric down or the thought they write it down yes you gotta you gotta learn to just manage that yes that quick opening and and or else it's gone and it's a missed opportunity it is and everybody misses out because of it yeah that's right everybody yeah, feels the impact of that missed opportunity here's here's uh an interesting an interesting example of this so joshua is looking at the jordan river he's looking at jericho he swings back and tells the people in joshua chapter three he says listen the priests are fixing to move with the Ark of the Covenant. And when they do, you move from your place right. and go after it. There shall be a space hmm. between you and it. And he gives a definition, about 2,000 cubits. Don't come near unto it that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. Now, bro, this is where we're at. Mm -hmm. We have never been in this position before. And so it is critical that the church, that the children of Israel, when they went to step into a dimension that they'd never been before, mm. they had to learn how to manage space. Staying close enough to the ark that they didn't get lost, That's right. but not so close that they couldn't cor correct the course that they were on when the ark stopped, moved, shifted, paused. They had to learn how to manage that space in order to conquer the promised land. If you're going to step into promise and you're going to become a possessor, you got to learn how to handle space. you got to learn how to manage the space that God gives you, or you'll never be an inhabitor or a possessor of promise. Boom. Wow. God is not going to alienate the church in this end time. No, that's right. If she learns how to manage space, he's going to lead us through this thing, and we are going to thrive. We're going to experience things and revival. This is end-time revival. It is the opening of space. It is the it is the affording the church that space to breathe mm. as wickedness gets more wicked and as vileness gets more vile and as the heat, the climate of the kingdom that we're in but not of continues to turn up. He's going to give us space, bro. He is going to give us space. And you get, you have to manage the the space and be as concerned about that as you are about the deliverance, right? You got to you do. The challenge. This end time climate is that we've got to be as sensitive to enlargement as we are to timing and deliverance. Yeah. Yes. We, so we we've we've got to. And here is the proof just as we're wrapping up. Here is the proof that this is not about setting up a kingdom in Persia. This is about the impact and influence in a kingdom that we're not of until we get back to the kingdom that we originated from. That's right. And that is, I'm looking for it here. Where are you going? Ezra. 
Mordecai. There we go. Ezra 2 and 2. References. And they feel that Mordecai was around 90 years of age. Hmm. But he left that post at the gate. And he made his way as a 90-year-old man back to the promised land. Which proves which kingdom he was. (laughs) (laughs) And brother... Anybody's wondering, I'm out of here. There's coming a day. Yeah. There is coming a day. Yeah. And I believe we're on the edge of it. Yeah. When if you think that because I believe this, that I'm going to stay in this world, this world is not my home. That's right. I am just passing through, and I am going to go back to the kingdom that I'm from. Space to breathe. I feel pretty good after that episode, don't you? Everybody just take a deep breath. It's going to be all right. The church is going to be enlarged. Thanks again for joining us on Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. If you haven't subscribed by now, I have to ask you, why? Now is the time. I'm going to give you some space right now to subscribe subscribe (laughs) to Kingdom Speak. I'm not going to beg you. I'm just going to say you and I both know it's time. What and and really let let's exaggerate that a bit more. Mm-hmm. They can rate and review too. That's right. Yeah, that's right. There's we'll space for that. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, I don't have time. Uh, There's always room for five more stars. Yes, There's absolutely. Room for five absolutely. more. Absolutely. So thanks again for joining us. Uh, we're doing awesome uh, on Kingdom Speak, and we hope you are too. Uh, just want to throw this in when we're wrapping up. We are now on HGR2 every Monday night at 6 p.m. Eastern. So thanks to Brother Jeff Hoffer for giving us space on HGR. On HGR. So we love Holy Ghost Radio, and we know you do too. So we just want to throw that in. Thank him for that. All right, that's all for this week. We'll see you again next week on Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. <laughs>